Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell, and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. I am your fearless host and leader, Mr. Scott Howell with iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. Before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he's a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, first team parade All-American, rivals, five-star recruit. He is single-handedly bringing the kindness revolution to the mobile metropolitan area please help me welcome the incomparable mr bradley flowers how are you Bradley? i'm great scott how are you today i am doing fantastic proud to be in beautiful mobile today excited that we did not get blown away by a hurricane a few weeks ago and you and i are going to have burgers and beers tonight burgers and beers and talk about insurance agencies it's going to be an exciting night if anybody wants to come join us they're more than welcome although this will be aired in the future so they would have to have a delorean to come back and have burgers and beer absolutely guys before we get started this podcast our mission our mission is to help you guys in any way we can whether you're a principal agent a csr an associate agent doesn't matter we're here to help you in all aspects of running a successful and profitable insurance business and before we get started as well i'm excited to have our guest today Uh, we have got a a gentleman on the line with us today who's going to be joining us he is a farmer's agent. He's been a farmer's agent for about five years and a prior life. He was a financial advisor. He is an expert in building, curating, and cultivating relationships with referral partners. Hint, hint, guys. Today, we will be talking about the secrets, the secrets of curating referral partners. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the other incomparable Mr. Michael Riley. How are you, Michael? Uh, thank you very much for the warm introduction. I, I appreciate it. I, I, I am humbled to be on the show today. So. Well, thank you. How are things in Roseville, California today? Are you uh, in Roseville? Uh, I am in Roseville. It's a, it's for your listeners, it's a little suburban town just outside of the state of California's capital of Sacramento. Mm. It's about 88 degrees and sunny. Life is good. Absolutely. That, well, I think we're about the same here in Mobile. So I guess just to get us started today, and we try to do this with all of our guests, but kind of get back in your in your DeLorean, in your time machine for just a moment and take us back to a time in your life when you ventured into the big bad world of the insurance industry and then kind of take us up to today and tell us about yourself. Well, you know, I got into the insurance business under the from the advice of my father. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been laid off. The company I was with was, you know, obviously going through some changes. And it was about the second time I'd gone through that cycle. And I'd said, you know what? I'm really sick of being someone else's number on a balance sheet. Mm. And I remember talking to my dad. And he said, well, you got to look into insurance. You know, with your financial services background, that'd be a good fit. And I thought, oh, no. All I could think about was that guy from the movie Groundhog Day, Ned Ryerson, selling life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I thought, oh, I don't want to be that guy. But I got into hey, it. I think, I think, I think, I think Ned set us back about 35 years when they came out with the movie Groundhog Day. <laughs> he set our people way back, man. <laughs> he set our people way back. But um, a- a- after getting over that, 
I looked at the business and the industry, and, and it checked a lot of boxes. You know, I could have my own shop. Uh, I was in an industry that was very recession resistant. You could build it, you could own it. You know, the financial, obviously, financial reasons, freedom of running your own shop. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. You know, my, my father and mother own a, a retail business that's decent size out here on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So I've always had that, that bone in me. So I, I, so I got into the insurance business. What what year was what year are we talking about right now? Gosh, when did I get into this? When did I start this journey? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to say I got into business about 2012, okay. or 13, or rather. Okay. And um, so I, I'd have to try to actually figure it out. Um. But like everybody else, I got into this business, and you know, it's, now what? You know, where do you get your new business from? And right. uh, that's you know, that's that's kind of where I took it. But yeah, that's that's how I got into it. I I didn't want to be laid off by anybody else ever again. Mm-hmm. I understand that. So so let's talk a little bit about the secrets of developing and curating referral partners. And tell us a little bit. I know that you you're you're starting to become a little bit of a thought leader in the industry, and along with some other guys that we've talked to on the podcast before, and some other people that that we know. But you've kind of started making a name for yourself and understanding the secrets of how to curate referral partners. And guys, for the two hundred and fifty thousand insurance agents that are listening to this, let me let me say this, okay? When we're talking about curating referral partners. You know, today we'll probably specifically be talking about guys that are, and and I don't want to speak for you, Michael, but but more the mortgage lender, mortgage broker, real estate agent. But it doesn't have to just be that. It could be, you know, if you've got a niche in a market and you're doing dry cleaners or restaurants or general contractors, you know, these same principles apply regardless of what what you know what you're trying to yeah. you know who you're trying to get in the boat with so let's talk a little bit about that and and tell us some of your secrets of what you're doing sure. that's working. I'm more than happy to my niche really is with the mortgage lenders mm-hmm. and that really was because i knew the business with loan officers the first thing what you got to remember is you got to know what your what animal you're hunting so to speak mm-hmm. loan officers are just as crazy, arrogant, competitive, and everything else under the sun like every other insurance agent, right? right? Other thing you have to remember, too, is as an insurance agent, when you go to a lender, well, you're not the only one that's done that before. Right. What? <laughs> I know. Cra- crazy. I know. Absolutely crazy. You mean I'm not the only one that brings I pastries? <laughs> I know. I know. The donuts and the Starbucks card, I that should win it all, right? Right. right. It doesn't. <laughs> really, it does. Now, first thing you have to remember is the average loan officer, at least out here out west, the dollar is a little higher. You know, the average <laughs> loan officer, each client's worth about $3,500 a piece to them. Mm-hmm. Right. On average. On average. So you're asking someone you don't know very well to hand you someone that's paying them 3500 bucks. Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to hand you hand off their clients to the guy in lousy shoes who brings in the Starbucks card. Mm-hmm. It's got to go a little deeper than that. Mm-hmm. That is outrageous. So I disagree. I'm kidding. I, I, <laughs> hey, you know what? I honestly wish. I honestly wish it worked that way. I do because, brother, I got a cookie oven in my office, and I usually take cookies to people. Right. But that's what maintains the relationship. That's not what starts it. Right. 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 So, go, walk with me for a minute here. 
you got to build the relationship with them from the get-go. It's like dating in a sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't get to know who these people are, if you don't get to know how their business runs, they're never going to trust you. Right. And there are lots of parts of this country that a handshake and looking someone in the eye still means something. Yeah, absolutely. Not out here in California, but, you know, I've heard <laughs> other parts of the country. There's well, and, people and, still. <laughs> and I'll say this, Mike, you know, and, and full disclosure, Mike and I know each other. So so I know I know the right questions to ask in the right scenarios. But we talk to a lot of insurance agents, Mike through this podcast. I mean, we have multiple people reach out to us literally every single day. We love it. Uh-huh. It's the best part about doing this. And I also talk to a lot of, of agents that I'm friends with. And and a lot of agents, at least, I'm not saying every one of them, but a lot of agents I talk to when we talk about referral partnerships is they miss the mark on the fact that most loan officers don't give a crap about we're the best at this or we're the best at that. All they want to do is get that loan closed. That's right. They right? want to get the ball over the goal line. Now, real quick, just so I don't step on any toes, is this War Eagle or Roll Tide? Which one are we over here? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, War Eagle. <laughs> we're both we're both war we're both War Eagle. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm although I'm very depressed because my yeah, team lost I've reached, last week. I've reached a point in my life. I'm 46 years old. My sister was a majorette for the University of Alabama for four years, and I have a lot of really good friends that played at Alabama. I'm probably I'm about 80 percent chance I'll be going to the Alabama Texas A&M game this weekend. So I think I'm probably one of the very rare unicorns that you'll meet that, you know, when when Auburn lost to LSU last weekend, I didn't like it, but I wasn't just, you know, down in the floor crying about it. So I called my congressman. (laughs) I called my congressman. I'm trying to get a law passed in the state of Alabama that all Alabama fans also have to root for Kentucky (laughs) just so they know what it's like to struggle. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well – well, I, I just wanted to make sure. I just, I just needed to know, you know, the lay of the land here. Right. Okay. So here's what I, here's what I want to tell, tell, do for your listeners today. What I have done in my, in my brief time in this industry, if you will, is I've come up with a way, a conversation, if you will, to help you establish that relationship with the loan officer. One, two, figure out if that loan officer is even worth your time, and three, and this is the important part. How to make your process dovetail with their process. Mm, Right. See, that is the key to this whole thing. A good loan officer, you're right. They just want the deal closed. Mm. And they want to know how do they get that deal closed. And they usually want to stay on top of the process from A to Z so that it gets done on time and so that their card payment check doesn't bounce. So um, just from the jump, I'll go through some questions and stop me and interrupt me and ask questions, please. First thing is, you got to get the meeting with them and sit down with them. I would recommend having an angle. So, and my, I'll give you my example. Let's just stop right there. Let's just yeah. stop right there. What you're telling our audience of 250,000 insurance agents is if you think that you're just going to call up a loan officer on the phone, on their cell phone or their office phone, and, and, and develop that relationship, that's not going to work. No, okay. no. Now, you might be able to set an appointment to meet with them and sit down and discuss how you two can work together. Mm-hmm. But remember, a loan officer gets some guy with lousy-looking shoes and a box of pastries in their office every other day 
begging for business. Right. Begging for business. Now, desperation smells pretty darn bad. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh huh. So, we need to come at this from another angle. So, you have to have something to offer in exchange that is beneficial to them. You know, maybe you're big in the community at community events. Maybe you've got a way to send them business. If you have a way to send them business, that is honestly the best thing you could do. So find your angle first with that. And that is how you're going to get the loan officer's attention anyways. You get them on the phone and say, hey, I want to sit down and talk to you to send me business. I'll hang up. Get them on the phone and say, hey, you know, so-and-so loan officer, I got a way to help your business too. I got a way to help you make more money. They're going to give you 15 minutes of their time. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the first thing. So now that you've got that out of the way, I get the point when you get an appointment set with them, you go meet with them, if you're having drinks or whatever, I would say do it at their office. And there's right. a reason for this. You want to be on their turf. You want to be able to meet any staff member that works there. You want to be able to shake hands, smile, and you know, do your thing. First thing I do is I sit down with them and I start the usual pleasantries. How are you? How long have you been in the business? Oh, okay, all those good things. You want to start to get them talking. At no point in this conversation am I discussing rate, service, or anything like that. And I'll tell you how this conversation goes. So we've got the pleasantries out of the way. The next thing I do, and I move straight to this question, and do not be scared of it, is I ask the loan officer, how many deals a month do you close? Now, I know that question sounds a little bit almost rude, you know. They want to tell you, though, don't they? Oh, they do want to tell you. They are just as arrogant as we are. If they're closing 15 deals a month, they're going to jump up on the table and tell you all about it. <laughs> you know, just like if, just like if your producer closed 75 policies, I mean, they're going to tell everybody, right? They're proud of it. They should be. It's hard work. So there's a reason that you want to know how many deals a month they do. If they're doing five deals a month, buddy, they are one missed deal from like skipping a car payment. So you want to make sure that you're aligning yourself with referral partners that actually have something to refer. Right. Your sweet your sweet spot will be as if they're doing about ten deals a month. This is an individual loan officer, not an entire office. Right. And the reason is simple. If they do five deals, well, two of those are a second purchase. They already have an insurance agent. Two of those are a refinance. One is a new home purchase. Mm-hmm. You have one potential referral coming from this person. That's not enough. You really want it to be where they have about four or five they can shoot you a month. Because if you're getting these referrals and you set it up the way my conversation continues, you're going to be able to close these. My closing ratios are about 93% of my loan officer referrals. <laughs> and and guys, guys, I'll tell you, I've, I've spoken with Mike about this. What have we talked on the phone? Probably four or five times, Mike. And yeah, I think our first conversation was a couple hours on the phone. Yeah, we were. And then that wasn't my fault, by the way. No. <laughs> no. But anyway, so the, the best, most tangible advice that you have given me Bradley, is the 10. Bradley doesn't even talk to me for two hours at a the, time. The 10, you know. You're looking, ten, for, at you're looking for ten deals. Like right. it makes it makes so much sense. And, and you know, I, I talk to a lot of new insurance agents, and they're like, "Man, I hit up every realtor in the city." Like you understand, the average realtor sells two homes a year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, where I am, Sacramento County, the average realtor does six deals a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Plus, which you don't want to deal with the realtors. Right, exactly, the, exactly. The realtors aren't the ones who put the who put the insurance in place as part of the terms of the loan. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll call their client and bitch about it if it's not done on time. Right. But realistically, you go to the source. Yeah. So you're, I, I'm glad you took that tip from me. If they're doing 10 deals, plus which you're aligning yourself with a serious player in the industry. Right, right. My first, my first big-time loan officer is an absolute bulldog. Her name is Evangeline Scott from Finance of America in, Ro- in Folsom. And not only is her and her husband a couple of the most decent, nice, generous people I have ever met, I laugh. I always joke with them and say, I don't know how I'm allowed to stand in the same room as you guys. <laughs> like, they're just good people. When I was able to use her name at, a, at my next appointment, I was taken very seriously because I was working with someone in the business, in the area that was well known for being a big time producer. And it's a monkey see monkey do deal, just like insurance. If the guy across the street's closing deals left and right, you want to know what they're doing, right? Exactly. What's their secret sauce? It's the same thing. So we've asked them, how many deals a month do they do? And if they give you a number that's below 10, use your judgment. Don't spend any money on them. You know, don't kick them out. You know, don't walk out on them. But, you know, that does give you kind of a, where are we going from here? Right. The next question, and remember, we're asking them questions about them. This is like dating. You know, you don't sit and talk about yourself. At least you're not supposed to, I guess. Maybe that's why I'm single. I don't know. You ask them, what does your insurance process look like? And just sit back. Don't talk. Mm-hmm. Let them let them run. Mm-hmm. They're going to give you a few answers. Bradley, I know you've heard this from now. I know you've, I know you've heard these. The first answer is, well, I, I let them go get it. You know, this is where I kind of stop and have this stupid little joke. I laugh a little bit and I say, wait a minute. You need to tell me you have told your client you are going to take a very complicated and stressful transaction and make it easy for them. Then you turn around and throw them to the wolves and say, oh, by the way, go find your own insurance. I laugh at him and say, you know, I sell insurance for a living. I don't want to go shopping for it. So why the hell would you do that to your client? (laughs) Not only that, a good loan officer who's doing 10 deals or more a month will not throw them to the wolves. Right. You want to maintain control of that process. If they can't get an EOI and a cost estimator in on time, those final docs don't come to the table. They don't close. Bottom line, they don't get paid. So they very are very much interested to make sure the thing gets done properly, on time, and all that. So the rate only comes into question if it's a DTI issue, but that's, that's another conversation. So when they talk about their process, they say, well, we let them go do it. Okay, that's not great. Or they say something like this. Well, we give them three quotes. This is my favorite, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my absolute favorite. I'm going to say it for Scott. You guys need to write this down. You need to write this (laughs) shit down, people. This is my favorite response. They say, well, we give them three quotes and we let them them pick. That's nice. And I know why they're giving you this answer. You see, the rules have changed in the mortgage industry and the compliance has just gotten a lot tighter. And they're trying to avoid what's called steering. And that is where they can get in trouble if it looks like they're funneling business to one place for the wrong reasons, meaning it looks like they're getting some kind of back-end compensation or something. Okay, That obviously is not the case, but what I laugh at is I say, so wait a minute, you're presenting them three options. Does a client ever ask you a question about these? Oh, well, yeah. And I say, and you're giving them answers? And they say, well, some. And I say, okay, you're giving them the quote. They're asking you questions. You're giving answers. 
Are you collecting a fee for this transaction? Well, yeah. Aha. You just sold insurance without a license. Now, I know that's a bit of a stretch, ladies and gentlemen. And I know you're probably scratching your head going, what? It's true. I can make that argument. Say, well, you presented to the client. You gave them advice on it. You didn't have a license. Right. So that's that's an answer you can give them if they kind of if they kind of you know well it's for compliance reasons. Hey, I understand the compliance thing. Now, ladies and gentlemen out there that are independent, you know you can give more than one quote to somebody. Some of us captive people can. But the point is, is that's there's your reaction for that. It'll make the loan officer think for just a second. They go, oh darn, one more landmine I gotta watch out for. Yeah, send them to me. I'll give them three quotes. That's right. You know you will. <laughs> or my last one. Well, Mike. We already work with somebody. Don't be discouraged on this question. This is I love it when they're working with somebody. How, how many pastries are they bringing you, Rick? <laughs> well, I asked him, I, and this is if you have a way to send them business. And I say to him, well, that's nice. I'm glad that you have a good relationship. I like hearing about other people in our industry who are, that are doing it the right way. You know, and, I, and I need that. However, I do ask them to say, well, how much business do they send you? Have they sent you any business? Have they helped you develop relationships with more realtors? How? Just let me. And they usually will say, well, no. They bring me some pastries every now and then. Now you've already got them thinking about dumping them, that that you've just planted the seed. Right. There's another answer you can get. And 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 let's just be honest. Most mortgage officers, lenders – are probably working with somebody. They've probably got a cousin or a friend. friend. Yeah, somebody that they're they're sending business to. Now, that person may not be reciprocating, but but I think most of them probably have two or three insurance agents that they're friends with. True story. I have a gentleman that I work with. uh, He's a friend now. Um, He had a farmer's agent that he worked with for over 10 years. I got him pushed out of that office... I mean, he got thrown out the door like yesterday's newspaper. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this poor guy called my hello and said, what happened to you, buddy? He goes, no, oh, I got a better deal. Yeah. It's because I was able to send him I was able to send him some, him some things that benefited him. Right. Um, you know, I, I did some social media classes and such for realtors and whatnot. But like I said, you got to have an angle. The last response on, your, on the question of, you know, how does your insurance process work is – well, my processor handles that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, a processor or a transaction coordinator or TC, as they're called, that is the person who puts the file together and gets it through underwriting. You know, they're the ones that's really putting the nuts and bolts together, and they're right. the operations person. Now, if they say the processor handles it or the TC handles it, you say, that's wonderful. Is there any way we can get them in here to talk to them right now? Because that's the per- that's the gatekeeper, really. Right. Find a way to take care of them. And I don't mean anything dishonest. I mean, you know, what is their what is their problem with their current provider? Well, they don't get us cost estimators with our EOIs. Oh, boy, that happens all the time. I can name four carriers that does that all the time. Right. So you can ask them what their pain point is. And all the while, you're taking notes mentally. What's their process look like? How many deals do they do? Okay. And about this time, you should be starting to figure out, okay, how do I solve this problem for them, that problem for them? How do I help them get more business? Because now you're going to be looked at in this conversation a heck of a lot differently. Mm-hmm. You're not the person with the lousy shoes and the day-old pastries you bought. And the wool slacks. <laughs> right, right. Coming in begging. You know, you got your cup in hand. 
No, no. You're coming in with something to offer, and you're talking to them as a business partner. You're talking about how to align processes. Right. Right. Now, I've done a couple things where I've built little landing pages, and you know, I, I call it my express lane, yeah. uh, where they go in, and you know, they can a, a transact a, a processor can submit a quote request, uh, and it captures all the information I need, yeah. and it comes straight to me, and I tell them, look, it's my express lane. You go straight to the front of the line. And and I've done that too, Mike. But but what yeah. I found is is I I asked the referral partner, you know, how do you how do you like to refer? Sure. Yeah, because I've had some that I've sent my landing page to that yep. they scowl at it. I mean, I had one guy that literally, the, like the last thing was, so I can't remember the thing, the question, but he typed OMG, I roll. Like he just didn't like it. You know, he would rather. Hey, do, and that's then, okay. And yeah. That's okay. But the nice thing is this. Whether or not they want to use your, your landing page or your express lane, as I call mine. Right. I, and I've built landing pages for LOs, so if they could put it on their closing docs, and I'll, I've done all those tricks. That doesn't mean – Evangeline's office has a landing page built for their office alone. I don't, I don't get much through it. Their processors or clients yeah. call me directly. Right. But, and it's, but it's a good right. thing to have. Exactly. It sets you apart from the person with the lousy shoes and the pastries. And it, there's a guy out there right now looking at the shoes in the bucket. I know, right, right. There's somebody <laughs> driving down the road listening to this, looking down at the shoes, and we're sorry. Hey, we're so I, I got a question. I got a but, 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 but more, real quick, but like, I've got this. So it just depends on them because I've got one loan officer group that I've just recently partnered with that, that, that's a younger, younger group. And they're like, oh my God, we love this landing page. It's on our home screen. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It, sorry, continue, Scott. Right. I just had to say that because I wasn't knocking the landing page it just it's what however they want to do yeah you know? right here's the here's the problem with you two okay here's the problem with both of you <laughs> okay I'm, I'm about to i'm about to spit truth to you guys so you guys are already about four steps ahead of everybody else and i'm sitting here as one of the two hundred and fifty thousand real agents that are out there and thinking to myself what in the hell are these people talking about on this podcast about a damn landing page? So here it is, Scott. I'm so, gonna show it to so, you. So this so is my is landing the, page for this loan officer. Hold, hold on just a second. So let's let's <laughs> explain because they can't see yeah. your phone. Let's explain what you two are talking about relative to a landing page and how how that's assisting you to get to a loan officer. Go ahead, get after it, Mike. All right. Landing page is a real fancy way of saying I built a really cheap, easy website. What it is, is you, and there's a lot of providers out there. It's all over the place. They're very, very easy to make. Usually it's a subscription service. Uh, there's a lot of companies that provide them. Literally Google landing page and you'll come up with a ton. Right. And all that is, is a website that it's a, it's like a one page website, meaning it's just a spot to capture information. So then it'll have my logo and all that stuff, and it'll say, like, name, address, closing date, you know, those types of things. It basically says, fill in the, it's the basic information I need to get this going. Okay. So that way, I have what I need to reach out to the client when I talk to them and say, hey, so-and-so's office referred you to me. I have a preliminary quote, because you can work up the, the basics, and then and then you can shift your sale. But the landing page is nothing more than a, a, just, a, just, a, just a website. Do you, do you use the same? Do you use the same landing page for all of your referral partners, or is it is it unique to each? To each de- uh, that depends on what I'm doing. For the most part, I use the same one. 
because all it is is my landing page is very basic. It's you know it, it it even says on there that this is for real estate professionals only. Right. Makes them makes the LOs and everybody feel real special. Okay. But a landing page is nothing more than a very basic website. You don't have to know coding or anything like that. It's not at all like that. If you can make a Word doc, you can build a landing page. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. If you can use if you can cut and paste. Like images on a something, you can build a landing page. And and basically, what it allows you to do, or allows them to do, is when they send you a referral, you're going to know because on that landing page, it basically asks where this referral comes from, so that you know right. which loan officer has sent and you, you that referral. It, right, and you could make and you could tag them individually. You can make you can duplicate them, so you can right. have. One of them for loan officer A, one of them for loan officer B. So that way, every time it comes in, you know exactly where it came from. Gotcha. I actually just got a referral from uh, an LO filling out my form. But what I like to do is is make it individual to each loan officer, and I actually put their picture on it. I was just showing Scott one that I made, mm-hmm. just really? to kind of make just to kind of make them feel, you know. And and a, a lot of them don't know how to do that, and so they see, I, you know, I'm at their office. I talk about it. They think it's cool. Yeah, send that to us. We'll try it. And within five minutes of me getting back to my office, they have it, and it's got their picture on it. And it's their color scheme, and they're like, "Holy crap! I can't believe you did that that fast." Yeah, it's not rocket science. It's, I mean, I'm yeah. not a tech. I'm, I'm not a tech guy at all. I'm an old school sales guy. Not, I mean, I barely use. I, I mean, the fact I'm on my iPhone right now is impressive for me. <laughs> but, so, if I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen out there, don't be afraid of this. Go Google landing page. It, this is a very simple thing to do, Bradley. I know you know it. It is a simple thing. That Drag and drop. Set you apart from the other guy. Yep. Right. The guy down the street didn't build that landing page. Took you five minutes. Big deal. It, but it's the perception that you're offering something of value that the other guy doesn't. Mm-hmm. How are you setting yourself apart so that this relationship is special? Yep. You know, yeah, the guy down the street bought me pastries. Yeah, I'm bringing you business. I'm making it easier on your transaction coordinator to get deals done. Right. Oh, yeah. Which would they rather have? You know, your average loan officer makes a couple hundred thousand dollars, if not more. Out here, they make about four hundred if they're any good. Mm-hmm. They can buy their own coffee and pastries. Believe me. <laughs> so, so <laughs> tell us, tell us some other secrets before we close We're out the podcast. Yet. Yeah, what are some other secrets? Well, now that we figured out how they work and all that, here's some, here's the next little tidbit, and this is where it's going to translate to more dollars in your agent's pockets. Let's just do some simple math. If you can get ten referrals or ten closed deals from ten referrals, let's say. You got 10 homeowners policy. Now, this is what I tell the loan officer. This is what I tell the client. And this is also one of the things that makes it work. You tell them, look, my first thing I want to do is make sure we get the deal closed. Okay? So we're going to worry about this homeowners policy first. Now, I know everybody. Everybody's going, but what about the cross-sell, Mike? Hold on. We'll get there. (laughs) Hold on. We're not skipping that. The pivot. What you are what you are doing is setting the expectation in the client's mind. You say, hey, look, we're going to get this deal done. And you tell the loan officer this too because then they know your process. Okay, You have a process. Well, here's what we do with your client. We make sure we get the homeowner's policy done. And once that's all buttoned up and they've had a wonderful experience with you because you were fantastic, you tell them we circle back with the client 30 days. So when we do our housekeeping. Now, you get all your documents signed. You get verification of this or that, alarm certificate, blah, blah, blah. And Mr. and Mrs. Client, this is when we talk to you about bundling all your policies. And not only that, your asset picture just changed. 
So we, honest to God, do need to do sit down and have a full asset at risk review. It's at that point that you pick up the cars and you pick up the life insurance because they just picked up a mortgage. They're going to need something to protect that in case one of the income, in case someone's income disappears. So you pivot to the cross-sell in 30 days. The beauty of it is this. The client doesn't feel like they're getting sold everything under the sun. The LO doesn't think you're just a product pusher, even though we all are. And your client thanks you for having a solid process where you've taken care of them from when they moved into the home to now that they're moved in, now what? And you've taken care of all of those aspects for them. You've built a relationship with them, with both the LO and the client. So let's do the math. you got 10, 10, 10 household policies. You cross-sell them down the road. That's two cars apiece. That's how many cars? 20? And if you can't get four or five life insurance deals out of that, get out of the business. You know, like... Right, right. You, you can make that work. There's a lot of producers out there that would love to have a 30-account month with four life policies, a 30 and four month. Are you kidding? Absolutely. So, and Did you pick up the phone and make one cold call? Right. So what else are we doing for that loan officer that can that can change the game well, a little bit? Well, here's some things you should do. Be active in whatever they do. If they sponsor a golf tournament, well, go find out where the third hole, where a par three is, and sponsor a you know a hundred thousand dollar you know hole in one competition. The insurance policy on that's nothing. Mm. The event policy, you can get an insurance policy that covers that hundred grand if someone actually makes a hole in one. It's only a few hundred bucks. Right. So you're out a few hundred bucks, but you're telling the hello, look at your golf tournament. I'm going to sponsor a hole where somebody can win a hundred thousand dollars. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, last guy with the lousy pastries didn't do that. Right. You know, go to their functions. If they are active in the community, find ways to be active with them. Sponsor events. You have to be present. You have to be present. This is not a thing. It's like any other relationship in your life. If you do not maintain it, it will not survive. Right. That's beautiful. Get into their offices. Even if it's just stopping in. Now, by the way, after you've established a relationship, every time you go into their office, that's when you bring the pastries for the staff. Because if there's one thing we know about us caged animals in offices, we like to eat. Right. <laughs> well, man, I, I tell you what, I really appreciate you joining us today and talking to us a little bit about how we can, as agents, do a better job and get in front of loan officers. Bradley and I have had these discussions on the podcast and off the podcast um, talking about ways that we as insurance agents, you know, I feel like, for so long, we've all kind of, my office anyway, focused more on the end client mm-hmm. instead of focusing on guys and girls who are in the loan business that could bring you multiple, you know, multiple homeowner policies a month because they're the ones that are seeing it. Well, I think that I think what a lot of the the way the industry's kind of gone in terms of the home buying industry is you have your LO, your inspector, your appraiser, and your real estate agent that are all kind of aligned together, and the insurance yeah. is just kind of extra. Right. And what the it the, the shouldn't gr- be extra though. Yeah. It really shouldn't. Be, the deal won't get closed. Without no, it should be first. Period. And what the rock stars of this industry have done mm-hmm. is they have successfully inserted themselves in that process where it's the realtor. Then it's the insurance, mm-hmm. then it's the LO, then it's the appraiser, then it's the inspector, and they've inserted themselves in that process. Right. Well, I, and I agree. It's that you've got to be involved in the process. If you're, because once you become a part of their process, I have a loan officer that says this, and I know we've got to wrap this up, and, I, and, I, and I'll tell you. This loan officer tells people, look, you can get insurance wherever you want, 
but I can guarantee you I can close on time if you use my guy. Mm. I love that. Because, because I'm part of his process. He knows where I live. I, I mean, I have cigars and beers with him at his own home. Like, we know each other. He knows my business. I know his business. And he knows that if he says me something, it gets done. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because ladies and gentlemen, their business is very hard to get and very easy to lose. They can send you clients that are in a position to where they don't just want to talk to you. They need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, listen. You got to get in the boat with these people. You got to get in the boat with these loan officers. You've got to get in the boat with these processors. You've got to be around them. It's just like dating a girl or a guy. The more you work on that relationship, the better the relationship's going to be. You've got to make it easy for them to buy. If you're making promises, you better be able to keep them because all it will take after spending so much time developing a relationship with a loan officer it's like cheating on your girlfriend all it takes is one time and then it's like the game candy land where you go all the way back to the starting line so get out there and get in front of them go to the chamber events do the golf outings get in front of them take them to lunch and make it easy on them as easy as you possibly can and i think you're going to be getting a lot more referrals out out of these people but uh guys i really do appreciate you being on the podcast today as i told you michael i cannot tell you how much i appreciate you being on here agents from around the world listen to me get your ass out of that office quit aggressively waiting on the phone to ring go see these loan officers ask good questions make it easy for them to buy write good business for the agency that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent Mr. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Mike. Michael, have a good week, and you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of The Insurance Guys. Take care.